Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Jesus is inviting, still today, he's inviting people, come out of the darkness, come into my light. You don't have to walk in that anymore. You don't have to live in that. You don't have to be oppressed and controlled and dominated by that. You can be set free from that. He calls us to come and follow him, the light of the world. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of John. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on John chapter 8, verse 12, in a message titled, Jesus, Light of the World. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Now, the biblical picture is that the world is in darkness. And as I said, it's, it's a spiritual and it's, and it's a moral darkness. So what Jesus is doing is he's saying there is a way out of the darkness. How do we come out of the darkness? How do we come out of that place where our minds are darkened to the point that we can't even make sense of anything anymore? That we would become so irrational that we would support the idea that men can have babies. How do you get there? But more importantly, how do you get, how do you get out of there? Because that's, there's nothing good's going to come out of that. And in the long run, and we see that. We already see these numbers of people who have transitioned in the, you know, the transgender thing, these, these kids that were duped by their elders, by their teachers, by their parents in some cases, to, to go ahead and yes, you know, your gender is fluid. You're girl, you want to be a boy? No problem. Let's make that happen for you. And so they go through these crazy processes that medically screws them up majorly. And now there's a number of them who have themselves, despite the influence of the adults around them, they've come to their own conclusion. No, this is messed up. This is wrong. So now there's a group of people who are detransitioning. They're coming back to what they originally were. So that's the question. How do we get out of the, the madness once we're there? How do we get out of the darkness? Jesus said, follow me. I'm the light of the world. And if you follow me, you won't remain in that darkness, but you will have the light of life. So darkness, John, even though the Bible in general talks about darkness, John, he juxtaposes light and darkness all throughout his gospel. And darkness, as far as John is concerned, is the spiritual and moral antithesis of who and what God is. When John's talking about darkness, that's what he's talking about, the spiritual and moral antithesis of what God is. And so John writes, in, not in his gospel, but in his first letter, he writes that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. 
God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Now, again, John's not the only Bible writer who talks about darkness. We find references to darkness all throughout. And specifically, I want to look at the New Testament for a moment. But the New Testament tells us this about darkness. It tells us it refers to a place. There is a place, outer darkness, where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus spoke about it as a, it's a, it's a place of judgment. But also, darkness, according to the New Testament, is a personal power. So darkness, there's a personal element to it. There are the principalities. Paul speaks of them in Ephesians chapter 6. There are the principalities and powers, the rulers of this present darkness. The rulers of this present darkness. So there's a personal aspect to darkness. John tells us earlier in his gospel that people love darkness. People love it. We're told about deeds of darkness. Romans 13, let us cast off the deeds of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. We're also told that darkness can be in us. And Jesus said, if the light that is in you is darkness, oh, how great is that darkness. Now, people today, they say, oh, we're enlightened. No, no, we have, we have now been enlightened. We've come out of the superstition of God and all of that. Now, we're enlightened. They, Jesus says, if the light that is in you is darkness. So the light they're boasting about is actually darkness. Oh, how great is that darkness. And then Paul actually would say that um, he speaks to the, I think it's the uh, Colossians, maybe uh, Ephesians or Colossians. He says, he says, and you were at that time darkness. You were darkness. So darkness is being in this state. It's being under the control of a power. It is acting out things in certain ways. But Jesus says, those who follow me will not walk in the darkness. When Jesus sent the Apostle Paul on his mission, after he confronted him on the road to Damascus, and Paul's recounting the story, Jesus says, I am sending you to the Gentiles to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to the power of God. So darkness means the power of Satan. Light brings you under the power of God. Now, many in this room, like me, you know of a moment in time when you crossed the threshold from darkness to light. Oh, I, I know everything about the darkness being in you. It was in me. I know everything about the darkness controlling me and having power over me. 
I know it. I lived it. I, I read these words and I understand. Now, this, is, this was dark. I remember times and places where the darkness was so thick you could feel it. But I didn't have a name for it. I didn't even know what it was, but I knew it wasn't good. But I remember a moment in time when I crossed out of the darkness into light. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what he's offering. Now, one more thing about darkness, just to drive the point home. You know, I mean, when you're, when you're in darkness, and, and let's talk here about like real darkness, not a darkness where you're, you finally adjust and you're, okay, I can navigate this. But have you ever been in a place where it's like, no, the darkness is too thick, and I'm talking about a physical situation where you're just in like a pitch black thing. So I was trying to think of where have I been where it's pitch black? Well, in Jerusalem, there is um, what is known as Hezekiah's tunnel. And it's, it's a tunnel that King Hezekiah had carved through the side of the mountain, through a rock. And it takes about 15 20, maybe 20 minutes or so to, to get through this tunnel. And you, I mean, you could probably make it without a light because you can't go anywhere. It's, it's, it, the path is so narrow, you just stick to both sides and keep going forward. You could, you could probably make it to the other side because there's nothing else you can do. But just for fun, so we've gone in there and you take a flashlight with you. But just for fun, we've decided... Let's turn off the lights and, and let's see how much we can see. <laughs> and when you turn off the lights, you cannot see the person three inches in front of you. That's how dark it is. So think about life in darkness. What, what happens to those who, who try to live, advance, move forward, do anything in darkness. You can't go anywhere. I, I always think of the words of Jesus when he said um, about the, the false religious leaders. He said they are the blind leading the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall in a pit. And, and I think of the, the darkness that's on the hearts and minds of of people today, and yet they're, they want to lead. Where are they going to lead you to? They're going to lead you into a pit because they don't know where they're going. But Jesus says that not only is he the light of the world and whoever follows him will not walk in darkness, he says, but they will have the light of life. So Jesus gives us, he brings us out of the darkness, and then he gives us the light of life. What does that mean, the light of life? It means the light that leads to life. The light that brings life. The idea here is twofold. It's one of understanding. Jesus gives us light that leads to life. He gives us understanding on what reality is. 
That's a good place to start. If you're going to succeed in life, knowing what reality is, is a great place to start. We got a generation of people that have checked out of reality. They've checked out. Reality's looking them right in the face, and they know it's, we, we don't believe it. We, I don't feel it. I don't believe it. So Jesus is going to tell us what reality is, and he's going to actually show us the way, the light, the understanding, the wisdom that leads to life. But it's not just understanding. You know, light is power. Light is power. And I, I think of, I mean, the, the most obvious way to maybe illustrate that today is to think of a laser beam. What is, it, what is a laser beam? It's light. It's concentrated light. Concentrated and directed light that produces unimaginable power. I mean, scientists say that certain laser beams have the power to destroy a planet. That's how powerful light is. Now, if that is the case, how much more, when we think of these these terms, how much more... When we're talking about light, and we're talking about Jesus, who says he's the light of the world, we're talking about the one who created light. Remember the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and God said, let there be light. Wow. And in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and all things were made by him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. So the God who said, let there be light, is the person right here who says, I am the light of the world. Those who follow me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Those who follow me, That's what Jesus is inviting us to do. He's inviting us. He's inviting all people. You know, it's like Jesus comes down into the darkness and says, follow me. I'm going to take you out of this. That's what he did. And that's what he still does. He calls us to follow him. And the idea of following is simply one going in the same way. That's what it means to follow Jesus. Go in the same way as Jesus. Now, as we've seen, Christianity has changed the world for the good. And, you know, people today, no, 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 it didn't. It brought all kinds of oppression and horrible things. And we know they're horrible, and we know that people shouldn't act that way. How do we know that? Oh, from Christianity. Oh, okay, forget that. That's the way it works today. But, no, the truth is that Christianity has changed the world for good. But, let me clarify, actually, more accurately, Jesus has changed the world 
by changing his followers and making them more like him. And through the goodness of him flowing through them, that's how the world has been changed. Let's make sure we don't forget that. Because if you say Christianity changed the world for good, people are going to bring up a hundred horrible things that Christianity has done, the church has done. And you know what? They're going to be right on probably 90 of them. So how do we navigate that? How do we get around that? We got to go back beyond the church to Jesus himself. And the good that has come through Christians has come because they have become Christians. And Jesus has done a work in them that resulted in them working for change that has brought about good. Now, follow me. One going in the same way. We're going in the same way as Jesus. What way are we talking about? The way of loving God with all one's heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the way of Jesus. Jesus said that's the number one commandment. The second commandment, he said, is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And going in the way of Jesus is to be people who are loving God first and loving neighbor. And, of course, the way of Jesus is the way of sacrifice, the way of the cross, dying to my will and living for God's will. So if you were to take that first book I mentioned, How Christianity Changed the World, and you were to read through those chapters, here's what you're going to find. You're going to find a horrible situation, and you're going to find the resolution to it and a good outcome. But in the middle, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find people who loved God, loved their neighbor, and denied themselves. That's how you went from the darkness to the light. That's how it happens. And that's how it always happens. And so if we're following Jesus, that's what we are doing. We will truly live for God's glory, and it will lead to personal blessing because, you know, when you live for God, there's just an automatic blessing in it. Might not mean that you become a millionaire. Might not mean that you never have a problem. But what it does mean is that you have something that nobody else has. You have peace in your soul. And you have rest in your mind because you know the truth about reality, that God is in charge of everything. So it's going to lead to personal blessing and the good of others. And the good of others. That's what happens when people follow Jesus. Darkness is dispelled and light burst through. So Jesus is inviting. Still today, he's inviting people, come out of the darkness. Come into my light. You don't have to walk in that anymore. You don't have to live in that. You don't have to be oppressed and controlled and dominated by that. You can be set free from that. He calls us to come and follow him, the light of the world. And as we've already said, 
The world is a dark place. It's getting darker. It's always been dark. There, there have been times when it seemed like it was so dark that the lights were just about to go out. And then something would happen. And the, the light of the Lord would break through and bring understanding and bring empowerment and things would change. You know, I, I'm not giving up hope that that, that that still might happen. Because let's just remember this. And this is from John chapter 1. We've already been there. But let me just remind you of this. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And even today in this dark season, this dark hour that we're living in, man, there's little, there's little um, sparks of light all over the place. The darkness hasn't put it out, hasn't overcome it. The, the, there's, there's still those sparks of light. And at any time, those sparks of light could burst into a blazing ball of light. And that's what we hold out hope for. But we know in the end, ultimately, that Jesus will show himself as the light of the world. The Bible tells us at the very end, in the new heaven and the new earth, guess what? And there is no sun there. There's no light holder there. There's no need for the Lord God and the Lamb are the light of it. Jesus is inviting us. Follow me. Now, I'm following Jesus, and I know many of you are following Jesus too. But you know, I want to ask myself this question. Am I going in the way that you're going, Lord? Am am I following you like you want me to follow you? You know, it's possible to to say we're following somebody, but we've fallen so far behind, we're not even sure where they're at. Yeah, I'm following, I'm not sure where he is. No, following Jesus means we're following him closely. And I'm following Jesus, but I want to ask myself this question. Am I following him closely enough? Am I following him as closely as he's called me to follow him? And if we find that we're lagging behind, if we're not going in the same way that Jesus is going, we can, we can make the adjustment. He will help us to do it. But you know, maybe today you're, you're somebody that's, that's with us or maybe you're you know, watching online or listening on radio or something and, and you're a person who says, man, I'm in darkness. I'm living in darkness. I'm, I'm in the dark. How do I get out of this dark place? Call upon Jesus. Turn to him. Begin to follow him. And you can do that, and you can say, Lord, I've been in darkness. Jesus, pull me out, and he will. By you asking. That's how he does it. You have to ask him. He won't do it without your permission, but if you ask him, he will. And so, may we all respond today accordingly.
the month of June, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled, Can Science Explain Everything? by Dr. John Lennox. Our current culture sometimes gives the impression that science has disproved the existence of God. But Dr. John Lennox argues that this is hardly the case. In a clear and simple writing style, Dr. John Lennox presents evidence that science not only fails in disproving the existence of God, but also shows how science and God are compatible. He also tackles the myth that religion depends on faith, but science does not, and that science depends on reason, but Christianity does not. Dr. Lennox also offers a way to scientifically disprove Christianity, but is unable to do so because of the overwhelming evidence. If you want to understand the relationship between science and God, or if you know a person who thinks science and God are mutually exclusive, then you need to get this month's resource from Back to Basics. The book Can Science Explain Everything by Dr. John Lennox is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of John. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.